0: the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. Who do you say about, what do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Today, we continue our sermon series on those who dream. Each week in Advent, there is a theme. The first week, hope and dreaming God's dreams. Last week, peace, preparing the way. And this week, we focus on joy. And as we get closer and closer to Christmas, joy seems to surround us. It's there in our Christmas carols, on our cards and our decorations. Joy is supposed to feel natural this time of year. It's easy to hear texts like the one we read today from the letter of the Thessalonians. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of the prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. I hear those words and my spirit is lifted. I should rejoice always for it's Christmas time. Who doesn't like to hear about joy this time of year? As we light our candles, we can boldly proclaim in our joy, in our words, and in our prayers, and in our songs, Christmas is almost here. Christ is almost born and we are joyful. But what about those times when Joy feels hard to reach. What do we say then? I've been married now for three months, and we have spent nearly all of our time together. And I'm on top of the world, because who gets this much time with their partner in the beginning of marriage? I'm joyful. But then I think about what has given us this opportunity to spend so much time together. My joy is whisked away. A pandemic has affected all of us in so many different ways. Solitude, isolation, distance, loneliness, fear, sickness, death, and grief. On Wednesday, we hit another record of 3,000 deaths in one day, 3,000. To put that into perspective, 2,605 people died in the 9-11 attacks in one day. Deaths in astounding numbers caused by COVID-19. So how can I possibly preach a sermon on joy? How do you talk about joy in the face of something so terrible? I think that As a church, we sometimes don't do a very good job of acknowledging the realities of the world. We talk about hope and peace and joy and love, but do we also talk about the hard things that are happening in the world? Things like violence, things like tragedy, things like refugee crises, things that defy understanding. Too often we don't. We gloss over them and focus instead on the brighter and happier stories. And then we wonder why people worry about whether they will be welcome in church. Because if we don't acknowledge the pain and suffering in the world and instead just say, hey, be joyful, how can anyone tell us their stories? How can they talk about when they are mourning? How can they talk about when they are depressed? How can they talk about losing their job and scrambling to make ends meet? To deny what is happening is not a Christian response. It's the opposite of a Christian response. Christ never told us to only be happy or carefree or bright all the time. Instead, Jesus told us to bind up the brokenhearted, to tell the truth and stay near those who suffer. Isn't that really what church is all about? To proclaim and give testimony to how God walks alongside us in the midst of us living our lives. Because whatever you are going through in your life, you are welcome in church. And you are welcome to carry those things that are hard into this space as well. Because if you can't bring them here, Where can you bring them? And as we've learned, church is not a building. We are the church, the people. And we, at the same time, the church have an obligation. And that is not just to acknowledge the brokenness of this world, which we must do, but to also go one step further and proclaim that it doesn't have to be that way. There is another way. And in Advent, we point to that fact, and we point with hope to the future and to the way that Christ is coming into this world. There was a man sent by God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light but he came to testify to the light. Testify to the light sounds easier said than done. While I was a chaplain at Hershley Medical Center during seminary, I met a woman. Let's call her Jane. Jane invited me in and she was very kind, but she couldn't even fake a smile as I took a seat. Now Jane was in visible, physical pain And the doctors told me that her diagnosis was not a death sentence and that she was going to be fine. But Jane didn't look fine. Upon deeper conversation with her, she began to tell me about how God was abandoning her during her time of pain. She was in spiritual distress over her sins that were weighing her down, weighing her down so much that they were making her sick. At a loss for words and not getting very far in our conversation together, I cracked open the pastoral care book that I had been carrying around. And I thought, "Eh, maybe I'll flip to a psalm and I can provide some words of comfort. But instead, my fingers found their way to the confession and forgiveness. And so I said to her, it sounds like you're in need of hearing what God has to say to you and not what I have to say. So I asked her if we could try something, something she had never done before. I began the confession and forgiveness with her, and through that dialogue together, I watched as she became lighter. The weight of her sins had been forgiven, and that burden had been given to God. And we became physically transformed. We both got to share in hearing the promise of love, grace, and forgiveness by God. We testified to the light. She didn't know how deep down the good news that Jesus shows us, how to live, how to love, and that we are loved. I believe she heard the truth in the words spoken to her. I believe that she heard who she was and gave her burdens to God. And I got to be a witness to the light as it physically transformed her. The next day, I went back and I visited her. And we talked about that dark place that she was in and what it felt like to have a respite from it and what it meant to take it one day at a time. We talked about just finding one thing that brings her joy in the day to hold on to. And then I left. I don't know what happened to her. I don't know what her life has turned out to be, but I do know that the spirit moved in her that day. I think it's easy to be joyless in this world. It's simple. It doesn't take much effort. You can put others down. You can dwell in your hopelessness. You can even lob out negative comments on the internet from the comfort of your own home. If you lack joy, you don't even have to do anything constructive. You can just dwell in it. But it is a whole lot harder to rejoice. Why? Because joy is hard. Now that may sound like an oxymoron, joy is joy. Shouldn't joy be easy? But I don't think so. Because I think joy is something deeper than that. But that also means that it's rooted, right? And it's the thing that remains in you even when everything else around you is crumbling down. Joy is resistance. That is especially true in the worst of days. And so we draw on the word during those times when joy seems so elusive. The third Sunday of Advent is known traditionally as Godet Joy Sunday. And joy is a theme in Psalm 126. Then we were like those who dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad in deeds. Those who sowed with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying the seed, will come again with joy shouldering their sheaves. The former joy has been replaced by tears and weeping, but future joy is anticipated. Psalm 126 juxtaposes weeping and joy, heart and hope. As for our faith, We cannot separate pain and praise, hurt and hope, grief and joy. So we pray. We pray loudly to God, lamenting. We pray quietly in our homes in the dark of night. We pray in the silence. And in these prayers, there are always reasons to shout joyfully and reasons to weep. True joy is experienced in the midst of pain in this world. Scripture doesn't promise us that our lives will be easy or our lives will not be filled with pain, but it does promise us that those things will not have the last word. And so we light another candle. We wait for Christ's light to break into our world and bring the joy that feels so elusive. We stand here in the real world at the junction of where pain and hope meet and we look for something better. We dream of God's dreams. We long for joy and we say, oh come, oh come, Emmanuel. The joy that comes with Christ exists even when there are hard times. You can be a joyful person and still cry alongside the world. You can find joy in being with the person you love and lament at the staggering pain in our midst. Because being joyful means that you also know that something isn't supposed to be that way and you believe that it can be better. That God's dreams will change the world. And so we rejoice in the good news. And so our job as followers of Christ is to spread that light and spread that joy. Because joy is different than just a feeling. Joy is a way of living as people who follow the light of Christ into this world. Claiming joy is an act of faith. And living with that joy is an act of revolution. Revolution in a world that could use a little joy right now. God's gift of joy is there for us all to claim. Not just in the good times, but especially in the hard times. And so, as we watch and wait this Advent, Be witnesses to the light of Christ and the joy that it brings. And live as people who believe that this joy and this child who brings it can change this world. Because those who dream sow joy. Amen.